Hey guys, welcome to Journey to Connect, the podcast. I'm your host, Amberlynn, and I am excited to share my personal journey along with my amazing adoptive mom, Cindy. Together, we're going to go through our unique story, discuss the challenges we faced and the hurdles that we overcame, all while highlighting some important lessons along the way. Being a late adoptee was definitely not easy. We want to share with you the experiences we had. This conversation will be raw and honest, and we'll explore the struggles and the wins from our family's journey. Join us on this incredible journey of connection and self-discovery as we share our story and connect with others who have been touched by adoption. So buckle up and get ready for an amazing ride. So I was thinking about when you came and we were talking about first impressions. And Mm -hmm. what's interesting is when um, they called us about you, we hadn't met you. And they said, we matched you with Amber. And we said, you matched us with her? (laughs) (laughs) We haven't even met her, you know? And so we went down, you know, to Southern Ohio and there you were, you know, about the only black child in that elementary school with the only Jewish family in that community. And so I love to tell the story. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. 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 You love to line dance because you were in Southern Ohio and you like to eat matzo ball soup because you lived with a Jewish family. (laughs) Yes. So there were so my the girls your sisters said mom she's an anomaly (laughs) that was one of the first things (laughs) but what I wanted to say is that's hilarious you had missed a lot of school and um you know so most kids would have really fallen behind and been very discouraged about that but I I was thinking you then you had emotional intelligence because even though you may have struggled, you know, a little bit with the schoolwork, you socially and emotionally were able to um, go right in and say, this is where I'm at. I'm here. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. You were always a social butterfly, you know, and you could kind of work a room. And I think that that took emotional intelligence. I think your emotional yeah. intelligence carried you through where you hadn't had the training or, or you know, the education, but then you caught up. You did, you did catch up. So I'm a hard worker. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I also think that, um, like meeting the family for the first time, like my mom, nanny and, um, and grandpa Jim and, you know, you were, Oh, you know, hi, you know, was, and really that is the trait of many foster kids. They know no boundaries or strangers, Mm. you know? And so that was a little bit surprising because I could see like in our first family picture, remember we were at the Park of Roses yeah. and we all dressed alike. We have on those. Yeah, movies. I remember. Yeah, me and Nathan had on the same you shirt. You did. <laughs> um, so, um, Very different from the life I came from. Yes. Just FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were so sad that day and I didn't recognize it as a symptom of depression, but it probably mm. was. You yeah. and I was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? You know, we're getting family pictures we're getting and you were just so down or so sad and it could have triggered a hundred things. I, I, I wasn't yeah. aware of it then. I know you weren't aware of it, you know, but I do remember even when I look at that picture, you, you know, you were much, typically you were much brighter and happier and bouncier than that. Yeah. yeah. So, and speaking of Nathan, and then I'll no, keep um, going. So, you know, he's just one year older than you. Exactly. Well, you know, you two kind of liked each other at first. Do you remember that feeling? Yeah, I know. She's like, oh, my brother. <laughs> no. 
what I remember is I remember us being like, why does she think that? Like, I remember me and Nathan having a conversation. Like, I don't know why she thinks that just because we're the same age or whatever. No, but, you guys. But, but for real, I don't ever remember liking him like that. Like, I don't have a recollection of that. But I do remember wondering why you thought that. And then he and I just being like, we love to play ninjas. And we're like, we just, I don't know. We had fun together yeah. for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember liking it. It was totally brief. It was totally brief that there was um, just this funny thing, you know, 11-year-old thing. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I do also remember, um, you know, because we traveled down there. It was a couple-hour ride to visit. And um, so – we were pretty ready to just bring you home. And I think you were ready to come home, but we didn't really get a good, a proper <laughs> goodbye um, with your foster mom. And I, I, yeah. Yeah. And she passed, right? Yeah. So all I really remember from that, well, first of all, I guess I would have to like go back to what was my first impressions. For me, it was, I was in my third foster home and the only one that I really feel like I settled somewhat into and actually bonded. Yeah. She really did like you. I gave her a a hard time (laughs) in the beginning, but it was one of those, those moments where she just literally flat out said to me, you can do whatever you want. You can be as terrible as you want to be. You could hate me all you want, but I'm going to love you and I'm going to be here for you. And it was the first time anybody had really said something like that to me. So I was like, okay, well, if you're going to love me, then I'm all in kind of vibe. And I remember when the adoption thing came up and Janet had lost her rights and all that. And we were having conversations and I was like, no matter what, I have to be able to see my sisters. And, and then when they matched me with you, she was telling me about you. And she said, I just really, I remember her saying, I think this is the family for you. I think they really will love you. And I think that it'll be a really good thing for you. And because she said that, that was all I needed. That gave you permission. Yeah. It gave me permission to be all in. Yeah. And so I do remember you guys driving all that way and coming to visit me and me having on little shorts and a tie-up shirt, hair slicked back. Yep. And and just being so happy and hyper and thought it was so fun to have all these brothers and sisters and immediately called you mom and dad and like was just like so excited right away. And then if I the next thing I remember is being like obsessed with Summer. Like I loved I thought Summer was the <laughs> coolest thing on the planet. Remember I used to write her like love letters at nighttime. They I call them night I'm night, going to night remind rates. her. She would need that right now. That would be really I good. Would, yeah. I used to call them night rates and anytime she'd be out like doing something with her friends, I'd always miss her. And so I would write her a letter and put it on her pillow. Aww. And then every time she came home, she'd get them. <laughs> and then I turned a teenager and then we started yeah. fighting. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, because now your adoption was finalized when you were 11. 11. And an 11 year olds typically think of all the changes you're going through, all the changes oh your gosh. body yeah. is going through, your emotions, your hormones, your, you know, you changed, you, you moved back to the city from basically a country town. You know, literally, moved, yeah, yeah, back to was. the city, and and we homeschooled you that first year. You know, for the remainder of the year, I don't know if you remember that. And um, I did a report on Black Beauty. I read the book, and we went <laughs> and we went horseback riding for the first time. You took me to do that, and yeah, we um, went to Florida with your friend. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Bethany, yeah, whoever, yeah, yeah I, I remember. And we Ooh, went to the I Space Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
then also your birth family came around. And, you know, I don't know if that made it easier or, or more difficult. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't, I don't think Shauna moved in for, I don't think it was in the first year. It might've been early in the second year. I, I would have to go back and look and see when she moved in with us. But um, so you're at a natural time to separate or to mature, to become your own person. And we were trying to bond with you and you were, I don't, I can't say you were trying to bond with me. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> you, yeah. you, I mean, you were 11. You wouldn't right, have thought right, I right. need to bond with these people. That, that, sure. that, that probably never crossed your mind, you know, Yeah. but no. just, this is where I am. And, you know, this is, I think you liked it. Everybody liked you. But again, I think a lot of that was your bubbly personality most of the time. And I think you had young emotional intelligence. I think you learned to use it before anybody knew what it was. Yeah. And um, I think it was my survival, right? Yeah. Like I, and because I even notice it now. I can put myself in any, literally in any situation, anywhere. Mm -hmm. I've been with the top 1% richest people in the world all the way down to the scum of the earth probably, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I can hang in all of the situations. Um, but I think for me, what happens is that I, 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 I have an intuitive ability to yes. understand people mm -hmm. and what they need. And mm -hmm. I can, I can seek that stuff out. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't have been aware that I knew that when I was little at all. Right. I definitely know it's a superpower as a, as an adult, mm -hmm. which is why my professional life works so well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's interesting to hear because I didn't know that I was that way necessarily when I was a kid. Yeah. I knew I was hyper. Yeah. I knew I was super hyper. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you say that, but you, you slept at night. Um, you know, you, you slowed down at the end of the day, you didn't harass everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I think, I don't know if you would have been diagnosed, you know, like yeah, hyper, you just had a lot of energy. Yeah. 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 That's where my kids are too. And especially Brayden, he, he, they, we just have, it's like this never ending energy inside yeah. of us that we just can't control sometimes, but it's not that he can't sleep. He can't calm down. Yeah. He does sometimes have body uh, unawareness. Like he doesn't really realize sometimes what he's doing mm -hmm. sometimes. I think he's a little more hyper than maybe than I was. You remember you had him for a little while. Yeah, he but was he was lot. so little then. That's But he was even a lot then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. I was a little one. He was a little. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So first impressions, I was just super cute. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> you were cute. You were cute in your little white um, tie polka dot shirt. It, mm -hmm. And you know, I thought that, shirt, that outfit was so cute. That was cute. <laughs> um, and then, um, so one of the things, and, and I know you know this, but you had, you had been washing your hair every day. And so your hair was breaking off. You had been pulling it back into a severe ponytail. Well, all the little girls down in, you know, Wellston had real straight hair and, and tight ponytails. And I think that you were trying to fit in. And I don't know if you remember, but you had cut bangs and you had this little poof ball <laughs> right here for your bangs because they weren't going to be straight, you know. And yeah. so I had to convince you not to wash your hair every day and to put um, moisturizer in your hair. And you called it grease. <laughs> yeah, said, I think, well, back then I didn't have any idea because obviously growing up with Janet, it's not like she did my, and if she did do my hair, it was 
you know, before there were products for mixed people, that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it was either white products or black products. Yeah. And back then, black products were mostly just like blue magic. Have, or yeah, blue yeah, 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 yeah. And we never yeah. use blue magic, just by the way. Um, so, <laughs> um, but I think just we for use that me. that pink stuff, that pink. Yeah, pink. just for me, that's what it was. It is. But anyway, so to convince you of that, and then you really went overboard. And, you know, so I don't know if you remember, but we had the bedroom wallpaper. Remember that that dark burgundy wallpaper? And so where you <laughs> laid against the wall in, in bed that we had this little like oily wall. spot. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. you then – you. Once, once you learn something, you seem to, you know, just take off. And you know. so the hard part came, I would say, like 14, 15, maybe more 15. And um, you have a very strong will. <laughs> and I, I was so concerned that you would go down the same path that Janet had gone down. And sure. um so I don't know what all you want to talk about. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, when you started going out with friends on your own, which norm, all, all of you kids did, and, and then you have to remember there was somebody else in our house that was creating kind of chaos and, you know, that we mm. were, yeah, it, it was a tough time. But when you started going out, one one specific incident really stands out in my mind. And mm -hmm. that was, uh, remember, I would not let you have, not you, but all of your kids, I wouldn't let you have a cordless phone. Now everybody's yes. going to laugh. They're going to be like, how, how yeah. long ago was that? But, right, but right. it was, I made you keep a corded <laughs> phone. And remember, it had to be in the family room so that I could in hear the all the room. conversations. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you used to get mm -hmm. under the table. And then uh -huh. we had Trey. You had very long hair and you used to get yeah. under the table and Trey would come and lay on your hair. Um, yeah. But you were having a conversation with somebody and being very open about it, very transparent and saying, yeah, that was so much fun. We're going to do that again. We're going to, you know, and I, so I said, you know, the whole reason I had the phone in the family room. Um, so what's going on? And, and so you told me this specific thing that you did that weekend and drug that you used and told me that you loved it and that you were going to do it again and that I couldn't stop you. So oh, what? <laughs> So I'm laughing now. I was not laughing then. It was I'm, not. No it way. Was not funny. I, I was punched me in the throat. I was shocked. Then. I was shocked. And you know things. Was had, it ecstasy? It yeah, was it was ecstasy. <laughs> things had become tense, and so I said, "Well, you know, if we ever, we said, if any of our kids ever used, we were taking you first of all for a drug screening. Do you remember getting a drug a drug screen, and that you would have to go to counseling? So we took you to drug screen." Um, for a drug screen. And so you were only positive for marijuana, but ecstasy leaves your system pretty soon afterward. I think mm -hmm. it was like 12 days. It's just funny because I really didn't even like smoking marijuana, by the way. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like the thing that I liked. So um, then we took you to counseling, but on the second visit, she came out and said, you're, you're wasting your money. She won't talk. You know, she's, if she, if, if Amber doesn't want to talk, Amber's not going to talk. You're wasting your money. Mm -hmm. And um, then Aunt Jill kind of stepped in and mm -hmm. said, oh, you know, I think these are normal teen things. I'm like, no, you know, no, I, I, I don't want her to use 
I don't want her to use illegal drugs. I don't want her to smoke cigarettes. I don't want her to, you know, I, and I was afraid you wouldn't finish high school because, right. you know, only your grandparents. And I think one aunt had finished high school, no one else in your birth family. And, and I honestly, I can say I parented out of fear many times. Sure. That makes sense. You know, I, I could see the potential to go either way. And, um, you know, my, we were talking about you parent the way that you were parented and my parents were very, very strict about what we could or what we couldn't do. And, you know, um, so I think that, you know, Janet said she wanted you to move in, not Janet, I said, Janet, Jill said she wanted you to move in and um, you definitely wanted to go. And you had this boyfriend that I knew you would never in a million years end up with. He was just, I know. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You know. I loved his mom, though. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway. she was an enabler, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, now yeah. I know. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but she was a huge support person to me, at least. Like, I definitely had a lot of really real conversations. And she did try to speak sense to me, but she also was, you know, yeah. allowed us to be bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. She did. She allowed things that we wouldn't have. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Like, she wanted to be one of the kids. Yeah. Like, everybody was partying. She was like some another person we know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's when our um, – our foster son's um, ADHD medication disappeared. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, all these things were happening. Well, but that was in eighth grade. I was still in eighth grade because remember I got kicked. I got kicked out. I got kicked out of school or or uh, whatever, and then we went to Hawaii. So we were going to because we we just felt like we needed peace in the household. Um, Nathan was mad when he found a bag of weed in his glove box, (laughs) Um, you know, and, but then our friend, remember we had a friend who was a magistrate um, Mm -hmm. and he said, you need to go through the court to do this. Don't just do it, you know, like casually. And um, I think that, that may or may not have been the right thing to do because of this. Remember, we had had over 50 placements of kids, not not only in foster care, but we had done respite care for so many kids. And all of our experiences were that when you went to court, they, they finalized things. You know, yeah. like if they said they're going back to their parents, they went back. If they said we're severing parental rights and, and, you know, the agency will have permanent custody and we want them in an adoptive home. That's what happened. You know, the sure. people think the social workers make the call. They don't. The The court yeah, makes the call. The yeah. yeah. So we went to the, through the court and they didn't even bat an eye. I mean, they were just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She, you know, she should go to this aunt's house. Boom, done. And it was so, it felt so permanent. Yeah. And I, I've been from a few years ago when you asked me, you know, what did you feel or what happened? I was trying to think what, what was it that, you know, when, when that time happened, I, I knew I was grieving. I know. And, but I was also grieving because of another person in our house, you know, at the same time. And I think, um, for me, it seems so permanent and truly, I didn't think you would ever come back. No, no, I didn't. And, um, 
but then as I watched you, even even when you came back when you were pregnant with Alina, you know, just that little bit, I, I didn't want you to have to go through that, you know, with her, her birth father. And, you know, I, I didn't want you to have to go through that. But I could see maturity and I could see you starting to reason things out that I don't know if you had been been. Well, maybe you had, but I hadn't been around when you were reasoning things out. You were gaining this adult reasoning, uh, ability to reason or to think things through and to say, well, this is what I want. And you were saying even then, I've decided not to to go the route that that Janet went, that my birth mom went. And Mm. I and I know I believed you then. I know I believed you. I could see a difference. But another thing happened that really surprised me that I wanted to share with you, and I, I may have already, but when when Janet died and dad did the funeral, you know, we were all there, and your birth dad came, remember, after everything was done, he was late and in his sweatpants and his, you know what I mean? And so he came, and, and you know, your birth sister was there, and he said, um, I came for my girls, and he looked at you, and he looked at her, and you walked over, and you stood right between me and dad. <laughs> it's like you were staking claim. And mm. I I was floored. Mm. I was floored that you did that. But I thought, this is what she thinks. You know, I'm her mom. He's her dad. She's saying, we oh, no. We were just fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just being stubborn yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were being stubborn and I was being like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with all this. We both were detached. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. both were being detached. Yeah. yeah. So but i there there are times like that that stick out in my mind that i think um she's going to make it <laughs> yeah. and as mad as i was about you for getting pregnant with brayden because of all the things that i had heard fair i'm um, sure you'll hear a podcast soon okay about how absolutely fair that was yeah. that you feel that way um well i also i could see you like moving toward like this whole family life you know mm-hmm. i could see you saying i want i want people to be happy for me when i'm expecting i want to be in this solid relationship with this man i love i want you know mm-hmm. I, I i could see you like moving toward things that were just so healthy yeah and not just saying well if this doesn't work out it'll be all right that's not what you were saying and people did say that you know and do a lot oh if it doesn't work out well you know oh well we'll split up that and it's like wait a minute that's where we get all these crazy you know you're talking about mom wounds Mm -hmm. you know well well when you get moms who keep making these decisions and say well if it doesn't work out if it doesn't work out i'll just leave them with my mom if it doesn't work out i'll just you know or kind of like what happened with Alina and Rashawn. Like, I don't feel like I was just wanting to be absent or not take care of Alina. I, in my mind, I just knew the only opportunity to get out of the shit that we were in because I didn't think I knew Rashawn was not going to be able to do it, that I would be the half, the one that have to sacrifice and go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it just had grand ideas and no real big plans and I had all the plans. They Mm -hmm. just never, you know, whatever. I always had a, but so anyway, I, I, I sacrificed time to try to be better, but it, but gave her plenty of wounds Mm -hmm. because of it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted a different, a different scenario for us moving forward. And I absolutely did love James and, and recognized very early in my relationship with James that, uh, we had a family connection well before we were ready for it. Mm -hmm. Like 
And I believe in soul connections. And I believe that he was somebody that was meant to, to be here to help me grow and to open and me also for him. Unfortunately, we both came from toxic situations. So it yeah. was a big mess you have getting to, work to where we are. Things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and a lot of people could judge on staying together through all of those things. But it's like, you know, in my mind, people go through those, especially people that are not healed, right? Like he, uh, hurt people hurt people often. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're in a re- bad relationship. You think it's his fault. You think it's her fault. You spread up. You go find the next person. Same pattern, yeah. same cycles. And so you just keep running through different people slowly but surely learning your lessons. I feel like the journey James and I have had in the last 14 years has been breaking up and starting over and breaking up and starting over in our own relationship instead of doing it with others. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, he had his moments, but I was, <laughs> you know, yeah. working yeah. forwards and progressing with him. And then I also, you know, thought it was extremely important to stay and to work it out because I saw how poorly that affected Alina and me in my life with mm. not having those stabilities. So, Yeah. Yeah. I think becoming aware, I mean, it's just like an alcoholic. The the first step is to admit I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think becoming aware of these, these things really did wound me. I mean, these, this really did hurt or why did I respond that way? And Mm -hmm. drilling down, you know, and finding out, well, you know, this had happened and it was kind of a trigger or that had happened or I didn't know any better. I mean, how many, I think of how many times I did things that I genuinely didn't know any better and they're embarrassing. They're embarrassing, but I didn't know. (laughs) Totally. And so you, you also forgiving everybody else. You have to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself for just not knowing just, you know, so you wish you had responded, not you, but we, we wish we had responded life, differently, yeah. but we yeah. didn't. Yeah. And so, yeah. all right, I forgive my young self. I forgive sure. my stupid self. I forgive my naive mm-hmm. self. I forgive yeah. my abused self. I forgive yeah. my, you know, I think mm-hmm. that that's huge to like, yeah, I, I forgive me. Yeah, I agree, especially because I tend to be a, a pretty self-critical. I'm, I'm critical of a lot of things. I'm just an, I'm an analytical person. I'm a critical person. I'm always looking to progress, but I'm extremely critical on myself. Um, even in just getting day-to-day tasks, like I just, you know, just who I am and how I am. Um, so self-forgiveness, sometimes I, I felt like I've had to learn heavy over the last couple of years that that's really where the magic is, at least for my next level or leveling up is really really understanding, like you're saying that like what you didn't know, you didn't know. And in hindsight, sure, you have all the answers. Right. But in reality, all you can really do is just embody the the version of yourself that you want to be. Yeah. And when you fail, pick yourself back up and try again, you know? Yeah. So it's just interesting, this life we've lived. (laughs) It's not boring. Definitely not boring. I got (laughs) stories for days. (laughs) Me too. You know, I, I also don't like... I don't regret most things that has happened in my life. I do wish that I had just learned a little sooner yeah. so that I didn't hurt myself and hurt other people mm-hmm. as much as I did, I, I feel like. But but it's also biting me in the butt right now because it's definitely coming full circle with Alina. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Not that hard. that's funny at all. Yeah, but, I know. But, I know. I, but, but I'm also seeing... I have so much empathy for what you went through with me. Like, I know you just like kind of glossed over it by just, you know, a little bit of drugs, but I was, a, I wasn't a very pleasant teenager. Tell you me a little bit more sometimes. about who I was. 
Yeah. You, you could be. And I think that's what drove me nuts a lot of times because you could be and I would see it. And what I think what drove me nuts the most is when you were that way with other people and not with me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because then I knew you were picking and choosing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they tell you when you go through foster care classes, a lot of times the kids, especially when they become teenagers, they take everything out on the mom, on the, you know, sure. the, the adoptive mom or the foster yeah. mom, because they're yeah. really mad at the whole mom thing, you know. Yeah. Well, but you forget when you're in it. I'm not looking at you thinking, well, she's not really mad at me. She's mad at Janet. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's treating me like this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is happening to me. I am working hard. We have six kids in this household, (laughs) you know, plus plus always somebody else and a dog. And, you know, know, so, um, you know, I, and going through it with one of your sisters, one of your older sisters, you know, I was not ready to do it again, you know, and I, and I, and I I honestly did think sometimes, why did I think I couldn't adopt an 11 year old? Because it really is more like getting married than having a a baby, Mm, you know, when you have a baby, you have this little baby. And even though they come with personalities, you know, that, you know, Mm. you, you might shape your children, but you don't choose their personality. Yeah, they come, they come the way they come. (laughs) But when you adopt, especially an older child, they come with suitcases, they have baggage. And it it is like getting married. When you, when you get married, you marry the in-laws. Well, when you adopt, adopt an older child, you adopt their birth family, whether you want them or not. And yours, we really did. I mean, they were in our house all the time. We had how many people in your birth family live with us? Yeah. You know. So just let's think about it. Shauna, my older sister, lived with us for at least a year, uh-huh. right? And you helped her through school. You homeschooled her, right? Or like she did something like really that. She really was an amazing person. Maybe it's my sister. Yeah. Um, okay. So Shauna was there. Then me, uh, Chelsea came through mm-hmm. at some point, which is also a little sister, mm-hmm. a little sister of mine. My nephew, Chad, uh, not Chaz, uh, my nephew, Trey, my niece, Brianna, uh-huh. your, Chaz, your brother, Chaz did, my brother, Chaz did come through yeah. briefly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of family a lot, members. Yeah. Which means all of those family members got taken away from other family members That's right. in order to be So everybody home. came yeah. and it was, you know, and everybody it was, was yeah. And, and you have to remember too, other than, I mean, Trey connected with you because you reminded him so much of his mom. Sure. But yeah. the others, you, you, you didn't have any patience for them. You didn't want to babysit or you didn't want to, you know what yeah. I mean? It was just like, I think, you know, again, in foster care for so many young people, people can come in and out of their li- out of their lives and they don't have those attachments or bonds. Well, even, you know, I'm saying kids in foster care, even our birth kids now, you know, they, they're like, oh, family is whoever family, yeah. whoever we say family is, you know, you know it, it's, come and go, it, yeah. yeah, because people come and go. And mm-hmm. um, for some families, like if you grew up in a family and you had two kids and your, your dad's family had one and your mom's family had one, then they don't know that they don't, you know, it's only those two, you know, these four, no more, but these two, you know, no more. And that would be an anomaly to us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was immediate, like mom and dad, that's just what makes sense. And we would, this is our sister Malika. Yeah. Yeah. This (laughs) is our, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just keep coming. Yeah. This is coming. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, as far as far as I can say about like not wanting to babysit, I will say that I recognized early in my life that I didn't I did not enjoy taking care of other things uh-huh. or other people. Like, That's funny. You and always I, wanted animals. Always. I, I feel like Remember and Hamby? then as soon as I had a kid, I didn't anymore. But as soon as I had Alina, I stopped wanting animals. I still yeah. care about their welfare and I like will fight for, you know, the rights or whatever, but I would never I don't even really want them. I have a dog. <laughs> but it's not it's just not my vibe anymore, right? But yeah, but yeah, when I was young I didn't I didn't like kids. I, I would say it like that too. I didn't like kids. No, I I, I, I think you unco- didn't. Yeah. It felt uncomfortable. It's there was something about the the immaturity of children that I didn't like. And also the having to take care of them. Cause I'll even say I, like, and this is, this is something I think I've said on another podcast that, you know, when it was one baby for me, like it was fine because it was like, man, like I have something that's mine that can't get taken away from me. That's not going to get taken away and I'm not going to separate. And I just was in this la la land that my kid is amazing. And I finally have family, which was my experience with Alina. And then obviously that all, blew up in my face and you, you could see how that does get taken away from you. Um, but then with Brayden, same thing. Oh my gosh, it's just me and you. And James was working on a business. And so I was just like obsessed with Brayden. But when I had two kids at the same time <laughs> and then Alina came home and I had three kids at the same time <laughs> and a husband, I was like, I was in tears, like literally in tears in the bathroom. Like, I don't understand how people actually can love this many people at the same time because it just was so much work for me Mm -hmm. it felt like so much literal work to show up and to 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 love people um not that I don't love people just like the actions of it it's a sacrifice it's a huge sacrifice and without having self-love, it's yeah. like you really don't have the capacity Mm -hmm. you genuinely just don't right um it was rough for me in the beginning yeah. part of this. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I feel like only only in the last year I feel like I found like some balance. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad that you have. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. But it, it's been hard. It's yeah. been challenging. I, I, I'll say trying to, to raise – because this is the beautiful thing at least. You know, I have a standard – of like what it looks like to be a good mom and to have a good family and blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't know any of that if it wasn't for you. I mean, I, I know you know that, but I hope you know that. Thank like you. I really wouldn't yeah. have any clue. Yeah. Whether I, I don't had- feel like that. I feel like because we ended on such a hard note, your teenagerhood on such a, we're not ended. But because we ended your teenager, well, such a hard we note. had we had a pretty shitty break because of my teenager, and then in an adult, when when Brayden was born, right, or when I got pregnant with Brayden, there was a little freaking disconnect there as well. But yeah, no hindsight though, I think about it, and I was really excited to have this conversation with you because for me, it's like super full circle because it's like you know my childhood with you. I thought you were the problem. You didn't understand me. <laughs> you were just being rude and disrespectful or whatever it was that I thought, but like you were the problem, right? It wasn't me. But I also realized that I just also wanted freedom and to do whatever I wanted to do. And I didn't like rules. I still honestly hate rules. That's why I either have to work in jobs that I'm fully autonomous and I do my own thing or I'll run my own <laughs> businesses. Um, but no, like in hindsight, it's like a lot of who I am actually is a lot like you and a, a lot of things that I picked up from you and that I really admired about you. Um, so it's funny because it was wrapped in such a dysfunctional looking little package. 
But in hindsight, it's like, no, like actually like you, you've really impacted my life in such a good way. So thank you. Well, we both have very strong wills. Mm-hmm. So we're alike in that way. <laughs> we're kind of middle children. I mean, you're middle somehow in there. You know what I mean? At least your young childhood. Uh, most of my little, little life, yeah. though, that I was like, I was like, I thought I was the baby, right? So I was like this little brat that thought I could do whatever I wanted. <laughs> so, you know, in that time period of, you know, 20s and 30s, a lot of me just wanted to understand where I came from, right? Because I had the experience that I had, but I didn't know... Janet's life. I didn't know Willie's life. I didn't know how or why we got to where we were at. And I can't say that I've ever had like a huge interest in Willie. For whatever reason, that's never been like my number one issue in life. It's like, oh, I didn't have a dad or I care about Willie. That didn't really like sting me too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a time where I was curious about Janet. And so I said to myself, well, I think he had to have cared about her on some level because if they were in high school together. Yeah, yeah. That, well, they had three because Chaz is his too. I didn't know so, that. So Tiffany is the oldest. Yeah. My dad, say, or Willie, and then Shauna, different dad, then me, Willie, Chelsea, Stephen, different dads, and then the last kid, Chaz, is my dad, is Willie as well. I did not know that. I, I, so I'm like I don't, three different babies in multiple different time spans yeah, of space. Yeah. Like every decade, let's cared about it at some level. So when I was living in Ohio and I had come back um, to deal with all that stuff that was going on with Lena, I tried to make it a point to go like figure out what was going on with that side of the family. And Tiffany had access to him because they they talk, I guess, and they have some sort of a relationship. So I remember picking Tiffany up and just like showing up at his doorstep, like not even telling him I was coming. And his wife, who was just his girlfriend at the time, but answered the door and I like was like taken aback. She looked exactly like Janet. Like same dark hair. It was long, bright blue eyes. Like for like a split second, it looked like Janet just answered the door. Wow. That was weird. First of all. And then obviously we surprised him and he was like, oh my God, like I can't believe she's in my house. And and then I asked, like, I don't even remember the questions I asked now, but I had asked some questions and and I think I asked him if he loved Janet and uh, he was so awkward in his response because his girlfriend was sitting right there too. <laughs> one one-on-one with him or that one meeting with him with Tiffany and his girlfriend was there. And, and then I never talked to him again, but his girlfriend was on Facebook and he was like, well, if you want to like keep in touch with me or whatever, I don't really ever, I'm never really, he's like old school, he's not yeah. on the phone. He's not on the internet. Yeah. He watches Westerns in his spare time, apparently. Oh, yeah. So he's like, I'm not really into that stuff, but if you want to keep in touch or whatever, you can do it through my girlfriend, which I thought was like lame, but I'm like, whatever. So I added her on Facebook. So I see things through that. And she like post, like says things about my kids on pictures and stuff, but he never comments. I never talk to him yeah. ever. He, he won't talk to me. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing I don't have a wound there. But you might intimidate him. I, I you know. No, you might. Think mm-hmm. about it. You're articulate. Um, you, you have made very successful moves. You, um, you didn't go down, you know, his drug route. Do, do you see what I'm saying there? Sure. And, you know, you're. You're not like your oldest sister. It, it, he might just not know what to do with you. Well, I, what I recall from the conversation that I did have that brief time was all he really kept saying was, I'm sorry, 
I love you. I'm sorry. I just didn't know what to do. I don't know how yeah. to, you know, that kind of thing. So I get it. I don't, yeah. I don't have any, yeah. like I said, I don't think my, my, I don't think I have an issue with either of them really. And like now I would just love a chance to like talk to Janet because I'd love to hear her story of yeah. how she even got to where she was. Yeah. That's really my biggest thing for her. Yeah. Um, and Jill doesn't knowing, know any of it. Oh, you got here. Well, I've asked Jill, you know, as much as I can. I think back in the day when I used to talk to Jill, she was also angry. So she would, you know, mostly just talk crap about Janet or just be rude or like she's always been a bad sister. She's always been this. She's always been that. Later in life, um, she she says some nice things every once in a while. But she mostly just – her thought process is is because uh, Janet had got diagnosed with diabetes at three years old that, um, you know, it was obviously very traumatic for her, which – I understand now yeah. having Layla in that same situation. Yeah. But when I was before this, I didn't quite get that. Um, but because she was so traumatized by the diabetes and obviously just even physically how that feels every day, up and down and insulin sucked back then. They didn't know how to manage it the same way and just and some sort of was terrible. And then from what I believe, my grandpa was the one that, you know, would force her to get the shots and to do all the things. Oh, like, and he down. became the bad guy. So, yeah. So she started to have her daddy problems, yeah. right? Or daddy issues because daddy was mean. And the only way to make daddy not mean was to submit and do what you need to do. So then that turned around into when she became a teenager. She just always felt really different from her sister. She thought they got special treatment because she couldn't eat certain things. She couldn't spend the night. She couldn't eat this. And so I guess she just took to the attention of men that, you know, that was what made her feel valid and normal and good. And and I guess she had a pretty self, uh, healthy sex drive from what Jill says. Um, and then just started hanging out with the wrong crowd. So yeah. started smoking weed early and pulled Jill in and had her smoking weed when she was yeah. young too. And so I think she just was a rebel because she was mad because she had diabetes mm-hmm. from what they say. So yeah. And then she had her daddy issues. So. And then it just fired out of control from yeah. what I think, you know, I think what happened is she was losing it. She got her stuff back together. She became an LPN when she had Tiffany and then, um, again, just obsessed with men. So from what I understand, it was Shauna's dad that came into her life that she was very just like head over heels in love and obsessed. Mm. He was into pills mm. and that's when she worked Started, at the hospital, yeah, writing the scripts. The, the scripts and then went to prison and, um, and then that's obviously when it all started to really, really go downhill because then she was always on drugs and always with random men and and then eventually prostituting. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just, I just can't imagine, you know, Janet and I are the same age, had the same middle, middle name. I know. You know, there's so many similarities. And I, I just, that's just, it's just a foreign uh-huh. thought and life to me. I don't know. But look what, you are. I definitely, you know, again, I, I I believe we all have purpose, right? And you either become a survivor or a victim. And so if I had to have gone through that stuff, the, the only way to go through this is to find the value, break the cycles and help other people yeah. or at least resonate with other people so that they can get the, the courage to, to try. We had a podcast yesterday with a, a boy that had aged out of the foster care system. I watched that. Oh, well, a little oh. bit of it on Instagram this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, Keith, we, we had had an uh, interview with him. I think it was just that, you know, to hear him in this stage where he's still pretty angry at his mom and still, you know, and to be where I am, where I'm not in the survival space anymore, but I'm actually in a thriving place. It's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to know 
that you really can come through yeah. on the other side. Yeah. Um, but it's so hard. Yeah. It's so, so hard. Yeah. It's so, so hard. Yeah. So I, I bet. I'm super thankful for, for Janet. I'm thankful for the fact that she, she – carried me for 10 months that she birthed me. I, ha- I know that had to be hard with diabetes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and I, I didn't and even, even think of that, but that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then even having to give up the parental rights when she decided that it, that, you know, it was a better situation for me as a mother, I can't imagine yeah. like ever saying like, you know, I'm in such a, but, but also I respect it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you know, at the end of the day, that meant that I didn't have to keep coming in and out of the system. I wasn't going to be a product of the system for the rest of my life. Because if she would have played that game, it would have been that, right? Um, so I am super thankful for the life that I've had. And I think that it's I think it's going to be impactful. I think it is impactful mm-hmm. already. It is. It is. <laughs> so we'll see. But we'll see how high we can go. <laughs> well, I definitely did, though, want to just tell you again, thank you for being in my life and for taking that opportunity to even bring me in your house. But yeah, you never even touched on that. Why did you even think about adopting an older kid in the first place? How did that even happen? <laughs> oh, I love this story. Because you already it, had it's your not just story. Children. Yeah, well, we had children by birth. Um, yeah. They're all my own. Um, so, and that's, that's something that I always correct people on when they come up to me, if they'll see a picture of us, you know, from the, oh, which are yours? And I say, they're all mine. They're all Don't, mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which are by birth and which are by adoption. I love to say I forget. I just forget. <laughs> well, but, sometimes we really do, though. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. Like, remember when you were three and you're like, wait, I didn't have you when you were Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the, the first 4th of July. You said you were running ahead and you came back and said, where do we sit? And I said, where we always do. And then you looked like, at me that? and I thought, oh, yeah, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Um, so, you know, Dad and I really wanted – we had three children – we really wanted another and um, were unable to have another. And so we decided that we would foster, that we would help help children who needed a home. Well, what we did and not... How, like, really quick, how old were you? Because you were mad young when you decided that. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Well, Bobby came when we were 30. So <laughs> we had to have been like 26. <laughs> Crazy. So we already had no three way. kids at 26 yeah. was I maybe, thinking about being a foster parent. Yeah. But so we went through the classes and that's when we found out the, that the goal of foster care is reunification. We really were not aware of that. And so we had to ask ourselves, could we parent a child and then let them go back to their birth family? I, I don't know. And so we decided to go through with it and we fostered a few kids and it went well. And then our license continued to grow, but we knew that we wanted another child. And so we were told about, ultimately we got to Bobby, you know, there was a child that birth mom decided to parent. Then there was another that birth mom decided to parent. And then the attorney called us and said, we, I have two moms that just literally walked into my office to place their babies. And he said, one is due in May and one is due in July. And I said, oh, it's the July. And he said, what, you know, most, he said, could I ask most would choose May because that's first. Why are you choosing July? I said, because all of our birthdays are January and July. (laughs) (laughs) And so I know it's July. And so he came and at that time we were fostering Lisa and she was not, she was still uh, visiting with her birth mom. You know, they were still working on a reunification plan. And um, so we adopted Bobby and 
you know, he, he just, you know, Bobby, he's just sweet Bobby. We, everybody loved Bobby. And, um, then we decided to go ahead and adopt Lisa. I was afraid. I was afraid to adopt Lisa because I was afraid to have three teenage girls at the same time. And, and it was me, not dad. Dad always, he always said yes about adopting her <laughs> because he, she was the, he was the only dad she had ever known. And he didn't want to give that up. But I said, we won't be able to afford it. You know, we'll have them all mm-hmm. in college. They'll all, all their hormones <laughs> will be all over the place. You know what I mean? I just mm-hmm. didn't see that. But then I was wrong. I realized I was wrong. And so we ended up adopting Lisa. Well, I trained, remember, for the state of Ohio for social I services. Do. So I trained in foster care and in ad- adoption. And I was invited to several of the counties. And I went to a county in Southern Ohio. Now it wasn't Jackson. I can't remember what county I was in, but they had a magazine. And in that magazine, they had children who were available for adoption and they were all either sibling groups or older, 10 or older, or um, had special needs. And mm. there was a picture of you. I don't know why I was looking through that magazine. <laughs> we didn't. We, we had five kids now. You were totally fine. <laughs> yeah. But there was your picture. And it said, you know, just that little description. She likes to eat matzo ball soup. She likes to line dance. She loves to go shopping. I was like, this is our kid. This is our kid. So I ripped the page out of the magazine so that no one else would see you. <laughs> That's hilarious. (laughs) And I brought it home and we taped your picture on the cabinets in the kitchen, you know, that Mm -hmm. big kitchen that we had. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. taped it on there and we prayed. Uh, That's one of our family strengths. We prayed. Yes. So we prayed and we went on vacation. We went to Connecticut where you've Mm -hmm. been and Mm -hmm. um, we didn't hear anything and we didn't have cell phones then, you know, so we didn't hear anything. And we got back and there was a voicemail. We matched our family with Amber. Would you like to meet her? And we were like, what? You know what? And the girls were like, oh, you know, we're so excited. So um, we all trekked down. I, I don't know if you remember that, but everybody went down to visit you first, you know, to yeah, see you. And yeah. we, we went to Irma's home. Irma's home. And um, did we go to the park that day? I have no idea what we did. I have no idea. I just yeah. remember. I, I remember all of you being there, though. Yeah. I do remember that. I just remember saying, so you said you like to shop. And so I said, where do you like to shop? And you said, well, you know, I really like to go to Walmart. <laughs> we were Aww. just like, that's what we said. And the girls were like, oh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> because can you imagine Melissa and Summer? Yeah, and I, know. Lisa going, well, you know. I I totally have a story about my favorite outfit yeah. that relates to this. Okay, all right. Great, perfect. And um, so we came home and you know, we were talking about it and you, you just fit. You had a lot of energy. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. Whoa. But you just fit. And we we saw like this um, resilience in you. And now Irma tried to be very, very upfront. She, she has a lot of energy. She doesn't pay attention to her school all the time. She is hurt about her birth mom. You know, she, um, doesn't always mind or pay attention. We're like, we've been through all that. I mean, you know, none of those things are scary, you know, they're not. And when we, we brought you home for weekends too, and you didn't want to go back. And that was a, a really good sign. I mean, and we knew yeah. you loved her. And, and you said sure. that you, you said you really did love your, your foster mom, even though you spit on her through the vent <laughs> and she I was did. sitting downstairs and you spit on her head. Yeah. And, um, 
I also ran away and went 18 miles on the railroad. I railroad remember tracks. that. I remember hearing that. I don't remember you doing it, but I remember hearing about that. Um, so I wasn't afraid you would run away. We They told us about Shauna and somewhere in there, Shauna started visiting like really soon afterward. I think even though you were saying then, she bosses me around. Shauna always bossed me around. I knew you liked having her there. I love her. Yeah. It was like one of those things where, and I see it with Brandon and Layla, where they'll just always like bicker and pretend like they're not, yeah. but like in reality, they're, they are two peas in a pod and they love to be together. Yeah. And she, I gave her such a hard time because yeah. Tiffany used to make, sick me on her all the time, but Shauna was, she was the only reason I got anything done. Like the only reason I took a shower. The only yeah. Reason she I was ate, pretty stable, pretty stable yeah. teenager. As you know, she's the only teen we had in our home in foster care that we signed to get their driver's license and helped get a car because she so was awesome. so responsible. You know, I mean, there was not one other it, you know, who came through that way that we would say, yeah, we'll, we'll sign our names. But she, yeah. she was that responsible. Um, anyway, so, um, we, so we brought you home mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I, I enjoyed homeschooling and you did do the work. I made you do the work, but you did do it. And you started connecting with, you know, Bethany and some really nice girls, you know, and, and we did get to go to Florida and I, and I think we all enjoyed that. And you just integrated into, you know, you were in the girls room Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you, the school, when you started Olentangy, you didn't seem to have a problem at all. Um, Oh, no, 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 no. I do want to say this. I can't remember if it was middle school. No, it must have been elementary, but why would you be 11? So it had to have been middle school, but you still had recess. Mm -hmm. And you came home one day and you were really bothered. And, you know, I said, what's up? And she said, what, you know, do you think this is bad? You actually asked me, "What what do you think? Is this bad? The kids were on the playground and they were singing songs about the Ku Klux Klan. And I was like, what? I said, what were they saying? And, and you were, you were repeating some of the things that they were saying. And I was like, so that was the first time in my life. I mean, my, my parents had always taught me that racism was wrong, that the Ku Klux Klan was bad. My mom, nanny said, any person mm-hmm. who has to wear a hood, it, it, it's not good. Coward. It's not good. Yeah. And, um, so I always believed that, but never before had it affected me. Like this was my child. Like, what? And so I called your school the next day. And of course, they were like, well, we had no idea that it was going on. And she said, I'm sure, you know, the kids learned it from their parents. I said, I don't care where they learned it. They they need to unlearn it, (laughs) you know, and they bent over backwards, you know, so they told me. And you never said you heard the song again. So something happened that, but that was my first experience with racism where it affected me. Do you understand what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Where okay. I was like, what? I mean, I had this in indignation that I, you know, I, like I said, I knew it was wrong. I'm not saying, you know, but yeah, I didn't right. have that indignation that they don't even know her. They don't yeah, even know me. Right. They don't yeah. even, you know, so, so that was something that happened when you were younger. Um, and, 
you know, like I said, you, you just, you just integrated. I can't remember like things. Oh, remember Hampy, you know, the Hampy story. <laughs> the hamster. Yeah. And, and your hamster died. But what was so sweet is when I got home, you had him in that little shoe box with tissues <laughs> because Summer said you needed to have a funeral because your hamster oh, died, you know, yeah. and, but you were genuine. You, and, and that's why I said you loved animals. You did. You you had that love for the dog and, oh, they're mm-hmm. so cute. Oh, they're so cute. You know, um, yeah, there were there. You have to know that there were very good and appealing things about you. Very appealing. And not only for us, for our family, but for our community and for the church that we went to, because, you know, we went mm-hmm. a lot. But yeah, yeah. The, you were very appealing. And um People like you and well, yeah, but that's something you need to remember mm. that th- there's just this likableness. It's I'm, it's, it feels really good to hear that. Um, because part of, I think my mother wound was that if my own mom doesn't want me or can't get better for me, then why would anybody love me, care about me, think I'm interesting, any of that. So I think in my life, I've always shown up with a lot of energy and I control a room and I talk to people and I, and I control the narrative because I just assume that you're not actually going to really like me and it's not, and then you're not actually going to stay around. I remember with James, I was That's saying a lie, too. but go ahead. You remember James. I, I <laughs> well, no, and like now I, but now, but that's part of like healing that inner child is remembering or hearing you say like, no, you actually were a really happy hyper kid that did have friends and the da, da, da. Because what I remember is less, I do remember being hyper, but I remember mostly being internal. Like I remember with our with my siblings being engaged and having a lot of fun there. But in school settings, I remember being very internal and not really caring too much what everybody else thought or finding friend groups or I don't know. You know I, just, I think you got talked too much on your report card a couple times, but <laughs> I believe it. Well I was actually telling Brayden the other day that I used to stand up in front of the classrooms and like just be talking to everybody and directing the room. And then the teacher would say, Amber, can you sit down? I'd be like, wait, like in a minute, because I wanted to finish my whatever I had to say. And then life happened. And then, you know, all the heavy came. And then there was a time where I shrunk real small and didn't think my voice mattered at all. And uh, now I'm in a different space, obviously, because I'm here yeah. talking. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, really quickly, let me just tell you this quick So I'll tell you one of the things that stick out to me when I first got adopted, because like you just said that my favorite place to shop was Walmart. The reason that that was is because that was like the best place I had ever gone when obviously I lived with, you know, my birth family. Uh, And I remember that only being my grandparents. Like they took me there. I specifically remember this time they bought me these white shorts. I was so super excited. I climbed a tree. I fell out of the tree and I got them dirty. And I was so Uh, mad uh that they were dirty because I thought there was a special thing. What I remember doing for shopping was, you know, going to the thrift store with Janet and picking out a couple things or whatever, or literally multiple times she had boosted me into the Salvation Army boxes and I was throwing stuff out of it and we were sorting through to find stuff. So like, and I remember finding a sweatshirt. It had M&Ms on it. It was white and it had M&Ms on it. And it was my favorite sweatshirt in the world. And I got that from a Salvation Army box. So like that was my experience with clothes, right? And then in foster care, you know, it was like you had those coupons that you went to like Walmart and Kmart and you get three pairs of pants and da-da-da-da from foster care. So when I moved in with you, 
one of the first things that you did was take me shopping and you took me to limited to, mm-hmm. um, for the first time in my whole life that I ever walked into a place like that. And I remember just looking around, first of all, like, holy crap, this stuff is so cool. Like, I can't believe I get to buy this stuff. And then you had like bought me a couple outfits, but there was one specific outfit that I really, really remember. We have a picture of it because we were on that trip to and Hawaii. Oh, Florida. Oh, the Florida, Florida. trip. Okay, the pants. Yeah, yeah. The Florida trip yeah. with Bethany. So, so that outfit, I remember you like laying it all out. You laid the shirt out and the pants out, and you put these yellow socks with it. And I was floored <laughs> that you were going to let me get socks that match my outfit. Like who gets socks that match an outfit? And then they were like 12 bucks or something. And my mind was blown that you would spend that much <laughs> I, money I, I on socks. I bet they weren't $12. But anyway. Yeah. It, like, like it would like like now, yeah. like, right? Like if you spent $12 on a pair of socks, you're like, what the hell did you just spend $12 on a pair of socks? But anyway, so like I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I wore that outfit, and and so the outfit was that yellow, I know, um, hoodie Hooded T-shirt with stripes that was striped, the red pants <laughs> yeah. and those yellow socks, and like Doc Martin shoes or whatever uh-huh. type of shoes you got me. I, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was the coolest, hottest, awesomest, like on top of the world with that outfit on. Like still to this day, I've never had a better feeling wearing an outfit than I did that outfit. <laughs> And I just remember that being such a huge moment for me on just like, man, I don't, I don't have to feel like a bum. I don't, and it wasn't like conscious like that, but like, I know that's when those kinds of shifts started happening for me. And I just knew that like, there's just more that I just, I know there's more for me than whatever. So that was just a huge moment for me. And that, that material possession, which usually doesn't matter to me at all, but that specific one was like, well, that outfit when I saw it, it, I thought this is her because you were so (laughs) bright and cheery and active and it was yellow and (laughs) yeah, it fully embodied totally who I was. And I resonated with it. Surely. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's funny. I love that. I love that picture too. Thank you for everything. Thank you for just the experiences, for sticking with me, even when we have been disconnected, just the love at all. Like, just thank you for pouring in, not just to me, to all the people that you do it for now and you've done it for your whole life. You just are super phenomenal to me and like a very big inspiration and obviously have impacted my life greatly. So I appreciate that you. That is a great Mother's Day card. Thank you. <laughs> That's another something I remember of you, always baking, yeah. um, but also being always really health conscious, always taking walks after we eat dinner, being um, mindful of that stuff. (laughs) But like, these are the ways that I show, like this shows up. I don't go on walks every day, but I work out every single, it's important for me to be active and to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And I got that from you. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you kissing dad goodbye every single time you guys give each other three kisses when you leave and like we, we still do that all the kids talk about still do it yeah. yeah that's the one thing I just always remember watching and watching and watch it's true that kids yeah. really watch but I remember that being like a foundation for me and so I caught myself the other day like I noticed that I know I do this but I didn't realize it came from you every time I leave James I, I don't give him three kisses but I kiss and I think in my head like like I want to be really intentional about remembering yeah. this kiss in case yeah. it's the last kind face of to face I, is always best. But in I marriage. remember that yeah. because of you. I, I I'm thoughtful of that because of you, though. Um, also, recently I've started doing this. Just so you know, the I love you. Oh yeah, tell, oh yeah. And, te- and telling my kids that they that angels have charge over angels you. Angels have charge so, over you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Usually at nighttime, Brayden has uh, – Brayden says he sees spirits and he sees things. He sees – gets scared He has discernment. So, yeah. So I tell him all the time, you're, you're protected. You're protected by all of your angels and by all of your guides. And I'm always, you know, encouraging him. So now I've started to give both of them kisses at night and tell him, I love you. Angels have charge over you before Aww. I shut the door. And then I took a moment. I was like, whoa, that came from Cindy too. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. 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 We, we throw so, I love you signs all over our family. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a million ways I can tell you how you've impacted me, but maybe we'll get to part two well, going another time. Well, thank you. Thanks. I'm glad we got to do this. It was good to talk to you face to face. I know. It's been a while. We need to do this more often. Yeah. Recording right. or not. Yeah. All right. See ya. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Love you. Love Bye. you too. Bye-bye.